0: It's time for the haddit.com radio show. Haddit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this 20th day of December, 2018. My land's five more days. Be Christmas. Ma <laughs> oh, humbug. Uh, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> uh, we're here with our guest speaker, John Dorley, and our co host, uh, John Stacy, or Jay Bassett. And uh, we're going to try to Get into this uh, claims here uh, on the uh, my lands, I forgot what we was going to talk about uh, the rating of it uh go into the rat rent what's that called rent
2: yeah yeah,
1: well, I thought I. Was, uh, yeah, uh, now with the going into the rant, John, don't you, uh, ain't there a, a time frame on that?
2: Well, yeah, uh, happy to be with you guys again, by the way, from Frigid, Minnesota here in December. So we're, we're hunkering down and, and, and dealing with it, but, uh, uh it's good to, good to talk to you guys and, and, and certainly, uh, if there's any listeners out there that want to call in with a specific uh, claim or issue, I'd be more than happy to try to try to help you out. The, help you out about that. But yeah, Gerald. Uh, last number of shows I've been on, the main topic has been the ramp program, the Rapid Appeals Modernization Program that was uh, initiated November of 2017 on, for lack of a better term, a preliminary uh, basis. Uh, kind of get our feet wet. It, it was it's kind of a hybrid of of what the formal ramp program was going to be which is coming up uh November or excuse me uh, February 19 2019 what we know about ramp today is going to be turned upside down a little bit it's it's not going to be abolished but it's going to be tweaked to uh, to a large degree so uh so uh just just be aware everyone out there that that's considering ramp or are in ramp now uh uh, the rules are going to change. There's going to be a full implementation of the ramp program, February 19th of 2019, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of a wait and see attitude right now. I know there's a number of websites out there that that uh, have have dictated exactly what the options are going to be and 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 what they're not going to be, and uh, I prefer to wait until the VA actually publishes the regulations and. Actually issues the due process rates on some of these ramp programs before we dive into it because uh, I know when they when they first started the ramp the, the preliminary ramp program in November of 2017 uh, there were a lot of woulda coulda mighta shouldas on that and, and it wasn't until they actually issued and they being the VA until they actually issued what the options were did I get a full understanding of of w- what total operation was and and how best to go about serving our veterans so. Uh, kind of a long answer to a short question. Uh, I've got my thoughts on how the new implementation of the appeals process at RAMP is going to play out, but I think until they actually get this thing rolling, uh, uh, we won't know for sure what the best options are for each specific case.
1: Uh, Now, in 2019, John, aren't they supposed to uh, more or less revamp uh, the appeals process, which is uh, a ramp program I'm assuming will fall under.
2: Yeah, that's that's the whole uh, premise of, of the uh, uh, redoing, for lack of a better term, the uh, appeals process. It's uh, it, it's going to be the same RAMP program, but it's going to be tweaked in a number of different areas. Um, I guess the best way to explain it, as I understand it anyway, is, is when they first rolled it out in November of 2017, it was by invite only. By that I mean uh, they only sent letters to a certain number of veterans to give the option of opting into the RAMP program. Uh, Fast forward to April, late April of 2018, they opened it up to everyone. Any veteran who had a, uh, an appeal pending uh, was, was given the option to opt into the Rapid Appeals Modernization Program, also known as RAMP. Uh, now we're, we're pushing into the year 2019, uh, and once we get into February of 2019, the full implementation of the RAMP program will be, uh, taking place. And and really when I talk about the RAMP program, that is the appeals process with the department of veterans affairs. That that's the whole thing. So let's wait and see as far as I'm concerned on, on the options that are going to be presented to us in February. Um, I have a pretty decent idea of how it's going to play out, but, um, you, uh, you offer one option, it opens up 10 questions as far as I'm concerned. So uh, I really hate to try to advise people on what they should or shouldn't do on RAMP right away. I'm still, I'm still pursuing RAMP claims and RAMP appeals that I've opted into. Uh, I'm still opting into uh, RAMP claims, if uh, RAMP appeals, if I have the opportunity. I'm still operating on what I know RAMP to be today. Um, and once they fully implement the program in February of next year, uh, we'll be given further uh, instruction on, on what our options are. So
1: let's say it's still in the R&D <laughs> stages. Uh, uh, that's what I have a feeling uh, here, because I've spoken to them uh, quite a bit on the RAMP program. I was thinking, I was considering that. And uh, I was told uh, that probably my claim would be settled quicker than the ramp program could sell it, because they had six months. And they thought mm-hmm. my claim would be settled sooner than that. Anyway, that's what I was told. And however, that was not the case. <laughs> okay. So I might have um, been ahead switching over to the RAMP program. I don't know.
2: And, and in your case, Gerald, you're you're currently under what's called the legacy appeals process, and that's the, that's the appeals process, the old one that they're replacing with RAMP, and, and veterans are still entitled to, to stay in that legacy appeals process. The problem with the legacy appeals process is it takes too long to get a decision. Now, Gerald, in in your case, and not knowing everything about your health, I I think that a case could be made to expedite based on your health. Um, I think it could also be uh, expedited based on on your age. I can't remember if you're 75 years or older, but, Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, I think you are. I'll uh, I'll be
1: 74 in uh, Christmas, day
2: after Christmas. If I was running your claim, I think I would try to expedite it based on your health and uh, uh, opting said in. The it, ramp. Was,
1: uh, uh, it was uh, <clears throat> expedited, they told me, and that's why they recommended that I not do the
2: RAMP program. And Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think you should uh, stay away from it because... You, you know, Gerald, what, what, once you get into that RAMP program, if, if you've been to the Board of Veterans' Appeals and back or the Court of Veterans' Appeals and, it, and it's and it been remanded uh, back to a VA regional office, you opt into RAMP, uh, what you'd be opting into is, is what's called an SLR, a, a supplemental lane review, uh, and and the person adjudicating that, God knows who you're going to get. You're not going to get a decision <laughs> review officer. You're going to get someone at the regional office that's their... Uh, what's called an RVSR rating, Veteran Service Rating Specialist. And so uh, I I wouldn't risk it for for that fact alone. Uh, You want the more knowledgeable adjudicators rating your issue, uh, not someone with three to four years of experience that's cracking your file open for the first time. So in your case, Gerald, um, in any case like yours, uh, just steer the course. And and if you already got that expediting uh, commitment from the VA, Stick with that. Um, where ramp does come into play pretty well is, is probably ninety-five percent of all the other claims. That if not for ramp, uh, they'd be waiting three to four years for their adjudication of their appeal under the legacy appeals process. And True. So that,
0: I,
1: yeah, that's what I was looking at, and I, I, so I, I elected just let it go the course and and the situation of my claim left not change changing.
2: Uh, right. right.
1: Been enough complications. And, uh, and I agree, if, if it just come up to the appeal stage, uh, I would agree to elect to take the ramp program. I think it would yeah. save a whole lot of
2: time. Right. Right. And one thing I like about the ramp, I mean, there's a number of things I don't like about the ramp as I'm, as I'm getting more and more experience with, with the new ramp program. Um, what I do like it is it, it gives the opportunity to have more swings at the plate uh, when you're getting decisions. Um, it's, it's a lot shorter time period uh, to, as compared to the legacy appeals process. I'm still not happy with some of the decisions that are coming from ramp, especially under that initial supplemental lane review. Um, they're ignoring probative evidence. Uh, they're not reviewing compensation exams. Uh, they're pretty much rubber stamping the previous denial. I've seen uh, supplemental lane reviews under the ramp that it's pretty much just a carbon copy denial of the previous denial. They didn't bother to look at uh, the probative argument that I made. They didn't argue or they didn't bother to look at the new material evidence presented, or if they did, they didn't have it reconciled by uh, or legally reconciled by the adjudicator, nor medically reconciled by uh, a physician of equally probative value of the, uh, of the expert opinion that I submitted. So that, that's frustrating. So what we do then is we just simply continue the appeal under the HOR grant program, the higher level review grant program. Uh, at least then we'll get in a decision review officer to look at it. So they have much more experience in doing claims and, and, uh, you like to think you get a, a better shake with the decision, decision review officer, but that doesn't always work out as well. So, you make it more complicated. If we get a denial from the decision review officer under the ramp higher level review, uh, we simply uh, commit to an argument to possibly uh, get it back at the uh, supplemental lane review if I identify any any evidence that that was missed, any uh, compensation compensation and exam opinions that were missed. I can opt it back into the, the supplemental lane review for another swing at the plate, uh, or we just can ramp it right to the Board of Veterans Appeals and and, and let them take a crack at it. So a lot of options under ramp, uh, shorter time period under ramp. Uh, that's the positive. The negative is that uh, these initial ramp supplemental lane reviews, they're just awful. They're just terrible. I just shake my head. It's just, they're not all bad. I mean, I get some good ratings out of them, but um, like I've always said before on the show, uh, you get denials. I mean, that's just part of the game. You're going to get denied, but don't deny don't deny the veteran erroneously. I mean, apply the laws, the rules, and regulations when you're denying. They'll just make it up as you go. And so that that's what frustrates me more than anything. You know <laughs>
1: what what I've discovered is, especially on your CMP exams, that they're done for the Regional office. Many times they go back uh, and say, "Well, what they do last time," and they and you'll find a lot of times the verbiage is nearly identical. Uh, so yeah. you're and and that shouldn't be. Uh, it shouldn't be that way. Uh, uh, to me, that's an erroneous. Uh, decision, I mean, you know, uh uh review when they uh, are uh giving me an examination or a C and uh, and then when Rader gets it, he's reading the same information as previously. And even though there's yeah. new evidence, they're not necessarily looking for new evidence. They're they're saying, well, what they say last time. And when you got it, especially if it's a complex claim, you get the same results time and time and time again.
2: Well, and that's that's one of the crux of of the appeals process that we we file for veterans. If you have a compensation exam and it comes back negative, and and the rater or the rater comes back with a decision and it's denied and we appeal it, we present new material evidence uh, from an expert doctor, expert opinion, and, and we submit it. And, and the uh, rating specialist or the DRO, in this case correctly, uh, allows another compensation exam, and that's all well and good, uh, but uh, that compensation examiner uh, better reconcile our expert opinion doctor's uh, report. Uh, if, if that doctor's going to deny it, you better have some pretty good rationale as to why you're denying it in the face of our expert opinion. And so, Gerald, when, 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 you, when you say that these, these compensation examiners are pretty much rubber stamping the same verbiage as before, that's a clear violation of the regulations. It, it, it's clear that you have to reconcile all medical opinions. See, A, a DRO is not a doctor. A rating specialist is not a doctor. And an administrative law judge is not a doctor. They can't make it up as they go. They have to have a medical professional, whatever that compensation examiner's title is, has to be able to take a look at all the evidence of record and make a medical opinion. And that's what these raters have to do. That's what they have to ask that the uh, uh, compensation examiner reconcile all medical opinions that we present and put forward. Um, so that's, that's, that's a lot of uh, appeals that, that I file. And more often than not, we're successful with it. At the very least, if these these raters would have the uh, doctors reconcile these opinions, even if it's denied, let's say a compensation examiner reconciles the opinion, puts a good probative effort uh, forth uh, to say why our opinion is not valid, uh, that's fine. At least it gives us a template to go back to our doctor and say, hey, this is what this doctor is saying about your opinion. Can you rebut that? More often than not, these doctors are going to rebut it because it's a shot to their ego, really, when they have another doctor say they don't know their head from their hind
0: end. A
2: lot of times, sometimes, a lot of times, what I do is I get the doctors that will rebut it. You rebut it back and forth. We've had cases like this. It comes down to relative equipoise. Tie goes to the runner. Relative equipoise basically means if you've got two equally probative medical opinions, the same probate of value, the claim goes to the veteran, approved. And so, like I said, if, if, if these doctors, these compensation examiners and raters would at least reconcile the new material evidence we put forward, even if it's denied, like I said, it just gives us a good template to say, okay, this is why it was denied, this is what we have to do to override that denial, go back to our doctor and say, hey, this is what they're saying what can you say to refute that and and they do and we usually win the claim that way
1: that's true and and what I've noticed uh, yes. what's been my greatest problem was uh, starting out if you allow your claim to start out as a complex issue uh You just cannot start out claiming everything under the sun. And a lot of, unfortunately, there's a lot of BSOs instead of saying, now, uh, you were exposed to Agent Orange and you have diabetes. Uh, Let's file that claim. And then maybe next week or a week or two we'll file a different claim because uh, you have uh, possibly neuropathy or something uh, that can be attached to Agent Orange, you know. Uh, don't try to follow them all at the same time because pretty soon you end up with a dozen different things. that BSO says, oh, yeah, you win all these. don't worry about it. And mm-hmm. It don't work that way. That's not the way it works, folks. Uh, don't try to claim everything at the same time. You're better off separating them to be a if need be. They'll attach them together, I think, what they do. And so you're not fighting a dozen claims at the same issue.
2: Well, I think there's some truth to that. I think what I try to do is... is, is a. An accredited agent with with the Office of General Counsel um, I try to look at every every claim individually um, you know if, if we've got five claims that are all absolute legitimate what's legitimate really is in the eyes of the veteran with with the advice of their of their power of attorney uh, but but let, let's assume both the veteran and, and the power of attorney agree that we've got five rock solid claims and we file those claims the um, question would be, do we want to dilute those super strong claims with claims that have a chance but not a realistic chance? Uh, you know, Let's say you have a veteran who served in Vietnam and di- type 2 diabetes has got neuropathy of, of the legs and the arms and maybe some kidney issues. So those are all obvious claims you want to file, diabetes and residual secondary to that diabetes. But if you have a uh, uh, sprained foot, uh, sprained ankle uh, 30 years ago and you've never had treatment for it and, and now all of a sudden you want to claim a compensable claim for it, yeah, it's certainly within your right to do that. Um, I, I just don't know if you want to uh, uh, file everything all at one point in time. And I think, Gerald, that that, that might be what you're talking about.
1: But, yeah, but Absolutely
2: what i what yeah. i see Gerald Gerald and John is uh you know i don't care if it's one claim or or 101 claims if they're all absolutely rock solid legitimate um, i i will file all of them i mean i i want that data claim and you know especially if you're filing claims within 1 year after exit from military discharge uh you you file it within 1 year your effective date goes back to the date you get out of the military, uh, so so that's important. So you, you're looking at deadlines oftentimes uh, when you're when you're risking not filing claims. Uh, so so you just want to be really careful about deadlines as well.
1: That's true. Uh, I think you hit the proper term. Don't dilute your claim. Uh, um, that would be the proper term. And yeah. uh uh you'd be well advised to to give it some serious thought, uh, because you dilute that claim you're gonna end up with a real mess and and unfortunately it's all tied, intermingled, intertwined and and uh you got people scratching their head all over the United States every time they send it somewhere. Uh, you're better off to uh, pick the main issues, go with them. You can add the others later, uh, give it a little time so they don't get intertwined. Uh, I think that's where uh, so many veterans run into trouble later on. Uh, uh, yeah. They said, man, I wish I hadn't done that.
2: I might, I might have a veteran who's, who's 90% service-connected and and wants to file everything out of the sun, and, and and the only goal that veteran has is getting 100% permanent total. So I review the file. I look at all the disabilities that he or she's rated for. I don't see any future examinations. So so all we need is that additional bump up to 100%. We're probably going to get rated permanent total. But uh, a lot of times they want to go all to the wall and, and file everything under the sun, and and you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, fifteen claims, just to get up to that hundred percent permanent total. So what I try to do is 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 pick and choose the strongest claims, which are going to get adjudicated a lot quicker, and and it's going to look a lot better with the raider uh, to to say that yeah these claims are legitimate, these claims are not so legitimate, um, and and hundred percent permanent total might be the goal. So. Um, maybe it'd be judicious not to file a whole ton of claims and maybe stick with the, the strongest ones. It's going to give you that extra bump to get you up to 100% permanent total. So, you know, we get that 100% permanent total. Then we can start uh, identifying if there's any additional claims you want to file, which could possibly produce what's called special monthly compensation. That's, that's compensation over and above the 100% rate, but, you know, that's risky too because then you, you open up the box on all your other service connected disabilities, and if for some reason they come across some evidence to say disability A, B, and C has gotten better, they may say, Well, we're going to schedule that person for a future exam. Next thing you know, you're not permanent total anymore, and so you just have to be very careful not to shoot yourself in the foot whenever you're diving into the uh, claims process with the VA. <coughs>
1: Well, you, you sort of have to put yourself in a raider's shoes, you know. A raider sees all this, a dozen claims <laughs> come in here on one one claim, you know, uh, and it's, what it, it does look like someone just stood back and throwed butt at the wall, and what sticks, sticks, what don't, don't. And, and, uh, it just makes their job nearly impossible, I believe. Um yep. it it's Good it's point. really it's really difficult to sort it all out when you get a mess like
2: that. Well, and Gerald I, you know, I won't name names but but you've got a lot of advocates out there that that you know, their philosophy is, yeah, well, the worst they can do is say, No, let's throw everything at the wall and see what sits. You know, that's just not, not the right way to go. And I think that... I think that was your point, if if, if I could. yes, it, it it was,
1: and and that happened to me, and I'm sure it's happened to many other veterans, and it, it, it's so difficult to get it straightened out, and and on the straight and narrow, uh, like you say, if you're talking about one or two items, you can, you can, uh, it's a lot easier to dig up supportive documentation to support your claim. If you go in there with there a dozen items, how are you going to support them all? Uh, because, uh, unfortunately, too many people only have a one-track mind. They can only think one thing at a time.
2: Well, we, I guess I like to think that these these raiders have have more going for them than, than get so confused that they see more than a few... Few items, especially when you got retirees with 20 plus years on active duty, um, I've filed anywhere from oh 30 to 40 claims on one application, and, and, and definitely was not a situation where they didn't all have merit. They they, they all did, they, they legitimately did, and we get most of those rated and get the guy rated 100%. So um, that that's one one area where, um, especially if they're just exiting from the military. That first initial application, file everything that's legitimate. And, and if something is not legitimate, but someone's talking into it, you know, just take a step back and, and and think about whether you really want to file a claim for that. But but yeah, like I said, these exiting uh, uh, service members, um, that initial application, as long as it's filed within a year from from discharge, any uh, compensable award goes back to date of discharge. So. Uh, in that case, you, you want to get everything in you can. But uh, like I mentioned earlier, you got a veteran's rate of 80, 90 percent already. Um, you really want to throw 15, 20 claims at the VA when two or three of the more legitimate are probably going to get you where you need to be at that 100 percent permanent total. I think that's an example where you want to be kind of judicious on 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 how much you file and and how you go about doing it.
1: That's true. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and. Uh Makes it much easier to deal with with the whole situation. The claim system, in my opinion, is not veteran friendly at all unless you're you're really up to date on all the uh, CFRs and um, uh, the thirty eight CFR and you know what you're doing and uh, whoever you have as your POA uh, you know uh, you want to know they know what they're doing if they're a good POA they would sit down and go through that with you I'm sure I'm sure you would do it uh, with, with your, your clientele uh, and John yep. you would go through and say hey look let's be careful of this and this and this uh, but let's Let's get, let's cut this steak.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, and at the end of the day, and I always tell my clients this, at the end of the day, we're going to do what you want to do within Mm -hmm. reason. Despite my objections, despite my concerns, despite my opinions, if you're very adamant about doing something, um, and I think it's going to jeopardize your overall claims, we'll do it. Don't come back at me later and be upset that, that it, it bit you in the hind end and I, I don't think I've ever had a client that that uh, did not take my advice in that situation um, you know there's a way of putting it to a client that's uh, not obstructive that they get it if you explain it to them in a way that they're comfortable with um, so you know invariably uh, you know, I'll get a veteran that that might go solo and do it on their own and and say thanks, but no thanks, and it'll 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 bite them in the butt, and and then I gotta fix it, and I don't mind doing that either. That, that that's part of my job. So, hmm.
1: well, uh, it's getting off on the right, foot, and that's, uh, that's really important when you're dealing with the claim system, because most veterans just filing a claim, they, uh, you know, they're not familiar with. With all the work for all, or have the work for all the to, to actually do it, they at this day and age, I would imagine uh, they need help big time getting started.
2: And and Gerald, I've had a I've had a number of cases where um, veterans are are fully aware that they can't do this themselves and they need professional advice. And they seek that. They try to get that through their local organizations, veterans organizations. And I'm not picking on them, but, but I'm just reporting what I hear. They, you know, they try to get help. They leave phone phone messages for uh, national service officers that don't get returned. Or, or they have appointments with them that get canceled. Or, or, or they have a quick meeting and, and they don't feel like they're being heard. And so they, they feel like oftentimes they have no choice but to just do it on their own, file the application on their own, and, and throw caution to the wind. And unfortunately, they hurt themselves. It hurts yes, it can hurt their claim, and, and it's hard to fix. It would be like uh, uh, I, I'm not mechanically inclined myself. I mean, I couldn't change a carburetor to save my life. But uh, something's wrong with my engine, and I can't get a mechanic to fix it. No one will listen to me, so I say, well, I better fix it myself. Next thing you know, I've got a blown engine because I thought I knew better. And, and so uh, you just want to let the experts handle it. Uh, for you veterans that are out there listening or might listen to this on podcast, um, there are plenty of agents like myself. There are plenty of attorneys out there that would lo- love to hear your case, love to hear your claims, uh, and, and uh, if it's in appeal, Um, you're going to find someone that's going to take your case. uh, Every advocate is different. Some are good, some are bad, just like any profession. But you just want to interview advocates. Call me, call a couple of attorneys, call a couple of agents, and and you're going to get a good feel for who's good and who's not and who knows what they're doing and who doesn't. And so just interview your advocates, settle on one, and, and stick with that advocate. There's going to be some hills and valleys. You're going to have some pitfalls, but... At the end of the day, um, you're going to get what you deserve, and, and a good advocate will make sure that happens. Well, the
1: main thing is, uh, this day and age with the uh, use of the computer, uh, like you mentioned, there's a lot of uh, websites and there. Um, for instance, there's had It and there's several other websites Had it I, in my opinion has about any type of claim uh claim situation and and there's a lot of good advice there at had it if you're just starting out if you want to find out uh a little something about it following the claim uh go there and read some of them they got some excellent stories, uh, and mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they have uh, where, you know, veterans have goofed up, and, and they, they put that on there, how they goofed up, and here's what they had to do to correct it. And So yep. uh, the information right now is out there. Uh, maybe 15 years ago or so, it wasn't quite as much so. Uh, but this day and age, anyone following the claim or intend to follow a claim can go there and read uh first figure out you know, what you think you're going to file a claim for go there and and uh, read about it. just type it in' it's got an excellent search engine and uh, like you said, you can call uh people like uh, John Dorley here. And he'll be glad to give you a, a consult over the phone.
2: Yep. Uh, www.hatit.com is an excellent website. Uh, there's plenty out there, but, but overall it provides some pretty good information. And, and you've got a uh, – I noticed there's a core level of veterans out there that have a number of posts and, and provide some, some pretty good advice. Um, as opposed to other websites, I've seen that uh, uh, everyone wants to be a quarterback. Uh, everyone wants to uh, lay their opinion on you and, and expect you to take that uh, uh, as gospel. And uh, I, I just kind of shake my head at some of these websites because I think to myself, no, you know, you don't want to do that. <laughs> but uh, what's, what's a veteran to do? Um, you know, they're asking <laughs> yeah. these questions and concerns and, People are telling them to do A, B, C, and D, and and uh, whereas you should have probably did D and C before you did B, but not before A. But then you come around and do you know? It's it, it, it really. It, it, I'm not trying to advocate for my profession, but god, oh darn, uh just you know like I did with that mechanic analogy. Don't try to do it yourself. Um, take take people's advice. Take some of it with a grain of salt. At the end of the day. Uh, talk to someone on the phone, a professional that has a ton of experience, a ton of years working in the trenches against the VA. There's plenty of attorneys out there with, with decades of experience. I've got 27 years under my belt. Talk to talk to someone like me first before you decide to jump in with both feet, because you could be hurting yourself. You, know, you could be you could be getting your overall combined evaluation lower. Um, And that that has ramifications not only on a veteran's physical, uh, but their psyche and and their family, uh, their spouse and their children, and and the future benefits. So uh, tread lightly when when you're initiating claims with the VA. Get someone who who you really feel comfortable with as far as an advocate and and then stick with that person. Go from there.
1: That's the important thing, I I believe, John, is – Getting off on the right foot that can save you years in uh, the claims and the appeals process. Uh because once they start uh deny, you know, kicking your claim back over and over and sending it for remands and it's gotta go, always go for further development time and time and time again, uh, it's because you got off on the wrong foot uh you didn't get started off right and and uh that's where you got some very bad information when you needed it the most
2: I think, I think you're right Carol. Ahead. I think building that building that base initially is important um uh, there are circumstances where you can build that base as strong as possible and make it tight as possible, but that that, that still doesn't uh, uh, you know, keep the VA from doing incompetent work, for lack for no, of a better way to say it. Uh, I mean, you can put the, the best case forward, the most uh, solid case forward and, and expect it to get rated, and then uh, their, their incompetency overrides our hard work. And so that happens too. Um, but, but, you're right, Gerald. I mean, it, it's important to put a rock solid claim together right off the bat, backed with, uh, uh, probative medical evidence, opinions, if you need it, DBQs, if you need it, uh, go to your compensation exams uh, show up and, and be ready for whatever might happen at the compensation exams. Uh, be respectful at compensation exams, but make sure that doctor knows everything uh, that you have to say. Um, those range of motion tests, folks, be careful. Those doctors will encourage you to stretch and bend farther than you're comfortable. The law says they have to measure you where you first start feeling that point of pain. You don't bend any farther. Tell them it hurts too much. So that mm. that that's important to know about those compensation exams as well.
1: That's true. And... Uh... You know I was talking to a lady there at one of the resource centers and and uh, where they send the claim for further development. I think it was Nashville Resource Center as a matter of fact, and I was talking to her, and she said I said, "How many times do they send a, uh, you know an appeal back or a, or a claim back?" to get further development. She said, I've seen them as many as 13 times. Mm. Now, to me, that's that's just <laughs> mind-boggling. How can you not? Uh, how can you keep sending a claim back to the same people 13 times because they didn't develop it properly?
2: I think that you know, Gerald, especially when it comes to compensation exams, um, these rating specialists that send these out for compensation exams, it's, it's important that we, all, we, we not only look at causation, but we look at aggravation as well. I can't tell you how many times that uh, these rating specialists will order these C&P examiners to, to look at causation of a specific disability as maybe secondary to a service-connected disability or directly related to military. Uh, Got to look at aggravation. Um, yeah, uh, that's, true. That's, that's service-connectable as well. And, and uh, I'll go into certain claims, and I think to myself, yeah, as a, as a layperson who's not a doctor, I can't see causation here, but I'm going to file causation and or aggravation. At least seven, eight times out of ten, and you want to look at causation, it gets denied, we appeal it. Say you didn't look at aggravation. Is it at least as likely as not that disability A is aggravated beyond natural progression due to a service-connected disability? And you have to make an opinion, a medical opinion. They go back and do it, and half the time we win it that way. If we don't win it, then at least we know they've addressed it, and we can we can go further further with a uh, 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 an expert opinion that that. That I might have a doctor that could do something like that. So um, causation yeah. is just as good as aggravation. That's that's one of the key things that I always tell veterans.
1: That's true too. Uh, anytime you send a claim in uh, for compensation, uh, you you really do need a doctor's opinion, unless it's ironclad in your medical files. <laughs> Uh, and then I would still say it wouldn't hurt to have a backup medical opinion uh, to put in with it. Yes, you uh, uh, got scoliosis of the back because you you broke your hip in the service or something, you know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, you know, I, I'd still. Would think you had bought an outside medical opinion.
2: It can't hurt, like you said. It, it can't hurt to help uh, the process do their job. So, so if you've if you've got a claim you've made and and it's in front of a, a compensation examiner uh, and, and they see that a doctor has made that positive nexus, that that's going to give them more of a uh, impetus to uh, service connect or at least agree with that doctor because they know that if they're going to uh, uh, disagree uh, or if they're going to rule against the veteran, uh, and I go back to my my point earlier this this evening, they have to reconcile that that opinion. So if you've got an opinion from an outside doctor uh, and that compensation examiner is poised to deny it, they cannot deny that. Without uh, reconciling that uh, outside doctor's opinion to say why it's wrong.
1: Yes, that, that's right. That, that makes them look take a more serious look at the situation and say, you know, this this could <laughs> really be possible, <laughs> and I don't want yeah. this fight. <laughs> you know. Uh, and in that respect, I think the outside medical opinion goes a long way. Uh, if it's nothing else but to open eyes of, of the examiner, uh, CMP examiner, uh, that uh, they're either going to have to go with it or against it. And they say, if I go against it. Uh, what's that going to look like if, if that guy's really right? And the possibility's there, you know. So uh, there's all sorts well, of things, you know, it, it, uh, reasons why you would want an outside medical opinion, especially on that first visit.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, it, and like you said, Gerald, it can't hurt uh, to have that Um So, but uh, you know, I am, I am. I think, I think the biggest thing with the VA, and one of the biggest things that's really ever happened with the VA, is, is, is this ramp program, and and uh, it's going to be fully implemented February nineteenth of two thousand nineteen. So, so get ready. like I said, I have a, a decent idea just based on what I've read on some some periodicals on how it's going to shake out. But you know, like I was telling a veteran that I was talking to the other day, um, to me there's just there's so many woulda, coulda, mighta, shouldas yet to, to 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 answer as far as how they're going to implement this ramp appeal and 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 what's going to be the cause and effect on some things. So um, I'm, I'm just going to wait for it to roll out, just like when the preliminary RANT program rolled out, I'm just going to wait for the fully implied implementation of the uh, uh, RANT program to roll out in February of next year. And, and one thing the VA is pretty good about is, is laying out the due process rates pretty closely. Um, these are your options. This is what your option is if you do this. This is what your option is if you do that. So I feel pretty good about uh, the VA providing proper information on the advantages and disadvantages of going certain routes. And that's really what I'm going to be waiting for. Like I said, I have a pretty good idea of how it's going to work out and we could spend the next couple hours talking about what I've researched, but with the VA the way they are, I mean that, that could change overnight. So, so uh, um, they, they, they say that it's pretty much written in stone how it's going to be, but I've heard that before. So I'm, I'm going to wait for it to roll out and, and kind of grow with it from there, just like I did with the uh, program when it rolled out in November of 2017.
1: Well, let's keep our fingers crossed <laughs> because if it does pan out and work like it should, uh, it could really speed up this claims process and cut down on the backlog uh, uh which you know it, it's in such a shambles, we need something to give that some relief now um, uh suppose backlog keeps increasing and out and
2: out uh, uh out does
1: the claims process uh, you know the, it might reverse the situation, do you think, John?
2: I do. And, and you hit on it. Um, I've always said, and I get back to, to what I was saying earlier, and I just try to make it as uncomplicated as possible. But under this ramp program, I'll, I'll tell anyone that will listen to me within the VA unless you start making the proper decisions on these initial ramp decisions, supplemental lane review you're just going to get a bigger and bigger backlog in the next review, which is higher level review. And if the higher level review doesn't make the right decisions, we're just going to appeal to the Board of Veterans' Appeals. I've already sent a bunch of ramp appeals to the Board of Veterans' Appeals. And most oh. of them were granted. Most of them were granted, but they're missing effective dates. They're missing uh, levels of percentage. Uh, I mean, they're missing a lot. So so we're getting a lot of success out of them. And, and the appeals management office will say, well, we've got an 80% success rate. We've paid out X number of dollars, millions of dollars. Ramp is working. No, it's really not. Okay, you get the VA is missing a lot. Uh, so uh, unless they start shoring up these initial ramp decisions under the supplemental lane review and eventually the higher lane review, it's just going to glut that Board of Veterans Appeals again. I, I, I'm sure of it. And, that's and, what and I, I've
1: been afraid of the the RAM program.
2: And, and Gerald, like like I said, I I don't want to come across as expecting to win every single claim because so that's that's just not going to happen. Um, but 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 the fact is is I've always said this: if you're going to deny my client, do it correctly, and we will appeal it correctly. But don't make it up as you go. Don't miss opinions. Don't, re, don't not reconcile opinions. I mean, I, I've, had, I've had expert opinions I su- supplemented to the VA appeals process that were sitting there for months and months and months, and, and, and when the decision comes out, it's not even listed under the evidence considered. I mean, it, it's that bad. Um, they're rubber stamping denials. They're not reconciling these opinions. They're not scheduling compensation exams when they should have. I mean, they're missing a lot, so I, I've always said... Make the right decisions first, then you won't have the appeals to the higher level review under rant. You won't have the appeals to the Board of Actions Appeals and the Court of Actions Appeals. Do it right the first time. Don't make us appeal it. Don't make us go at the system. I guarantee you, I I I you know, I hate to be the harbinger of bad news, but this rant program, it's gonna start out nice. Give it about five years. And I, we're going to be right where we were before. Unless these adjudicators, these DROs, these rating specialists start making appropriate decisions. Do their job. Get trained. Do your job so we don't have to appeal your decisions.
1: Well, I'm afraid we'll. it ain't going to take five years with my experience yeah. with the VA. Uh, now, maybe I'm been a doomsday here and I shouldn't be. I, I got my fingers crossed because I really do hope it works and and we need something like the Ramp Program. If if operated properly, like you said, it can work and and it will work if if they'll do their jobs and they can cut down on the workload and and uh get this backlog uh you know Get in and order my lands. Uh, how many uh, five, six, hundred thousand? Or
2: we're behind in the field. I started. In, I started in this job in 1992, and I could probably name. There's probably been about fifteen, twenty programs. Maybe not quite the level of ramp. There's been about fifteen, twenty programs from 1992 to the present that we're going to fix things. This is going to do it. This is our panacea. Never did. None of them worked. They start out okay, a lot of good intentions, but nothing has ever worked. If they did, we wouldn't have the RAMP program in place now. So as advocates, we're going to work with the RAMP program. We're gonna, we always work with the VA. We want to work with the VA. Everyone wants these programs to work. But it, it, there hasn't been an effective solution in, in, in my career, 27 years, it's hard for me to believe that this is going to change anything, especially with the way I see these initial ramp decisions are coming out as. Now, yeah, that's you
1: know, a good indication. I, I, have a I, don't know if,
2: I don't know if VA officials listen to this radio show at all. They should, the higher-level ones. Um, they're probably going to think that, well, he's off base. He's not giving it a chance. Uh, I am, I've been working with it, I've been a proponent of ramp. I'm one of the few attorneys and agents out there that have been a proponent for it. I've dived in with, with both, both feet. Um, I still think it's a good program just based on the timeliness aspect of it. The legacy appeals process is not acceptable. So just based on timeliness of RAMP, I think it's worth it. And you get more swings at the plate under RAMP. And By that, I mean you get more opportunities to win your claims. But These initial decisions that are being issued under RAMP are just atrocious. Overall, not all of them, but a lot of them are.
1: Well, let's hope it is successful. I mean, you know, uh, if it don't, if it's not, um, you're going to know within a year or so, I have a feeling, uh, because you're going to see a lot of, of denials... Or remands, or I don't know if they remand the ramp or not. Maybe they just denied. So you have to go back and appeal it. But,
2: uh, yeah, that's a good question. That's another one of those questions you have to be answered with RAMP. I've, I've already, like I said, I've sent RAMP appeals to the BVA. We haven't gotten any decisions back from the BVA into RAMP, uh, which is understandable. It, 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 it's a fairly new program. My understanding, though, is that if you get a denial from RAMP, uh, you have a couple of options. You can present new material evidence. Uh, let me back up. If the BVA denies your RAMP appeal, you have a year to present new material evidence at the BVA level, which had never been a situation in the past. Uh, it always been your only other option is to appeal to the Court of Veterans Appeals or present uh, type of clear and unmistakable error with the Board of Veterans' Appeals as to why they made their decision incorrectly. That was really your only options under the legacy appeals process with, with the Board of Veterans' Appeals, or, like I said, you could appeal to the Court of Veterans' Appeals. Under this RAM program, if the BVA makes a decision as they understand it, you'll have a year to present new material evidence and still protect your original data claim, or you can just appeal to the Court of Veterans' Appeals. You have that option.
1: Oh boy! See, Mike, every time you appeal something, you're adding t- at least two to three years until your
2: claim. And, uh, and, and, and Gerald, I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm here to tell you, again, I've been doing this a long time. This is a complicated process. <laughs> they're, they're trying to they're trying to simplify it.
0: For for your average
2: veteran, it's yeah. not. A, it, it's a very complicated process. You've got the old legacy appeals process. You've got uh, the NODs, the statement of cases, and who gets involved, and you've got timeliness of appeals and stuff like that, and you've got the ramp. Under the ramp, you've got the supplemental lane review, the higher level uh, review, uh, the Board of veterans' appeals, and then under the Board of veterans' appeals, you've got options, and then... Uh, you You could also do an informal conference under the ramp it 's it no it, it, it it's it 's far from being uncomplicated it 's a very complicated situation with with appeals process in general so it kind of makes me laugh that the, these v a officials saying we 're simplifying the process you 're not simplifying it
0: you're you 're presenting
2: you 're presenting a program that might eliminate the backlog but you 're by far from simplifying this process isn is, 't I mean, I've got it down. I, I I do it for a living. I work 60 hours a week to to know these things. But uh, uh, unless you keep on it, it it definitely is not a simplified process. I don't think. A poor
1: rafter just seems <laughs> like
2: it gets worse. Oh, don't even don't. don't yeah, guys guys and gals out there listening, don't even try to do it on your own. Don't, no. don't try to do this on your own unless you want a headache. Let someone like myself do it. Or an attorney, or I'm talking appeals. If you have appeals, don't try to do it on your own. I I, I don't think that's the route to go. You'll drive yourself crazy.
1: Uh, yeah, we're gonna to have to stay up to date on this ramp, and and means uh, you are using it, and and you had to appeal some. It's in the more or less the beginning stages here. It's in its infancy, but. Uh, you know, this gives us an opportunity to, to kind of grade it, if you would. Uh, is it going to be a, A, B,
2: C, D, <laughs> or an F? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, today I, I mean, there's a lot of different marks and indicators you can quantify with ramp. I mean, I give it an A, in timeliness. Um, I give it an A in, in, in getting decisions quicker, and certainly timeliness falls into that too. I, um, I give it a probably about a D-plus for initial decisions coming from ramp. Um, <laughs> under the, that's under the, the supplemental lane review. Under the higher level review, I give it a C-minus. I don't want to sound like a teacher, but just since you brought up grades, um, yeah, I mean, uh, but, that
1: bigger in some way major than
2: that.
1: How uh, uh, else but, but, we going to know it? It's working. i got to tell you,
2: I, I, I give the good and the bad. And, and the good, I some people disagree with me, but at least 95% of the time, the Board of Elections Appeals absolutely nailed it. I mean, these are administrative law judges. I get some excellent decisions out of the Board of Veterans Appeals because I know that these regional offices are not doing their job, and the Board of Veterans Appeals validates our claim. and It's a beautiful thing. I, 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 have nothing good to say. I mean, nothing bad to say about the Board of Veterans Appeals overall. Now, there's some decisions that come from the Board of Veterans Appeals that that we appeal to the Court of Veterans Appeals, and so. But overall, the Board of Veterans Appeals, they get it far as I'm concerned. It's the regional offices, uh, some of the DROs and raiders that that they don't get it. They're not either properly trained or they just don't care.
1: I would suspect that's a job you get burned out pretty quick on. I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't want to do it,
2: no. There's there's uh, no... no. It's... uh, it's a thankless job. I, I think yes, that, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I've talked to I, the VA officials I know at St. Paul and, and the relationships I've had with other uh, VA regional offices. Uh, I make it a point, if they do something that I feel like warrants uh, gratitude, I, I make that very clear. And I say, thank you. You change lives here. You, you you help this veteran and their family by doing what's right, and, and I greatly appreciate that because, so many other regional offices won't do that. So I I, I guess I go out of my way to make sure these decision-makers that I actually get to talk to on the phone know how much we appreciate it, especially if it's at hearings. But overall, um, I wouldn't want to be a DRO. Uh, I I think it's a thankless job, and I think they're stressed, and I think they're overworked, and and I think they have a quota, and I think they rush these claims through and uh, without without sometimes doing it the proper way. So I... I and it just costs more, video.
1: you know, costs to claim a lot longer time when you got to go back and keep going back to redo it. Uh, John, we have a caller here. I don't, let's see if I have a question. Uh, caller, uh, 704 um, area code, do you have a question or comment?
3: Yeah, I do. How are you, Gerald, John, and Gerald?
1: Well done, okay, by How are you? I'm good,
3: I'm good. I got a question about a BVA grant and the time it takes to get it implemented. It seems like there's a backlog on getting these appeals implemented.
1: Hmm. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't get all these questions. You get it, John?
3: Oh, I'm still here.
1: Okay. Would you repeat that?
3: Okay, I got a grant from the BVA,
1: uh-huh.
3: and. I was wondering what is the time frame these regional offices have to implement a grant?
1: Uh, that I couldn't. Uh, what, what type of grant did you get? Is it a housing grant? Automobile? No, no. I got a, um,
3: a for, for say, sleep apnea.
1: Uh-huh.
3: And they sent it back to the regional office to be implemented to to give me a rating.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, uh, John,
3: and, uh,
1: you got any idea? Uh, well, they're gonna. It depends on how long. Uh, uh, do you have any idea about how long they do that? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I don't hear you now, John.
3: Oh, I I can't hear. But anyway, it was granted in June, June first, and I'm still waiting.
1: You, uh, did they tell you how much uh, you was awarded? What
3: no, they just they just said service connected.
1: Service connected and they not issued a, a award letter or nothing
3: right right
1: do you have e benefits
3: yeah
1: uh you can go on there and look for award letters or or letters uh uh look under benefits, and it should tell you, but uh they should have sent you a letter or something saying that uh you were service connected for X amount. Of well, letter. well, the
3: PVA did send a letter saying service mm-hmm. connected, but then they have to return your file to the RO, the Regional Office, to give you a rating.
1: Uh, well, I don't know how you they can give you a letter. State and servers connected without a rating, unless it's a zero you said, rating.
3: You uh, said John
0: well, Leon, that's what you, the are, RO would yeah. have
3: to decide.
0: Are you using the CPAP machine? Yeah. That's a 50% rating. Right. But I'm just wondering,
3: I'm just, I'm just 50, and the 50, thing 50. is, they took it back to say 2010.
0: Uh, you got some, yeah, some retro coming to you. That's good.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. it would be if you knew when it was coming.
0: Okay, now, is that your only service connected rating, or are you connected for something else too?
3: Well, I got two zeros, but that was okay. That, that was before. So, okay. I'm um, just waiting, waiting for the RO to finally give me a rating.
0: You know what the regional officer went to? This was decided in June. It's been almost six months ago. And uh, if they've been ordered by the BVA to issue you a rating for sleep apnea, then the bottom of your report of your, of your docket, if you look up the decision from the BVA, which you can find online if you got your docket number under BVA Decisions, Right. It's probably published for now, and you can read that and print that off. At the bottom, it says that your claim is supposed to be treated expeditiously. You, sh- you right. should have went to the headline to have them raise your claim. Right. If they hadn't raised your claim, personally, if I were you, I'd call the 800 number, I'd call the Trump hotline and give them all the information, and I'm pretty sure they'll take care of that real quick. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, because okay. They, that's what they're saying. Because I've
3: called. The 800, say, information
0: line, and they oh, just approached me no. Off. no, don't call the Peggy line. You call the Trump hotline. Okay. Okay. You know, Peggy, Peggy's that commercial yeah. on TV where they kept passing me around to other people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You need to call the 800 Trump hotline. I don't have a number on oh, me. Jerry, you got that number? Oh, I do. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually, well, I can get that. You call you. that. Oh, okay. He, he, okay, yeah. You call go that first thing in the morning. You, and, yeah, you call it first thing in the morning. You explain to them what's going on, what's happening, and, uh, you know, they'll they'll guide you the way. You know, some folks say the VA runs that little hotline there. They'll they'll right. take care of you.
3: Okay, because it seemed like I, they would start paying you your your monthly Compensation,
0: but mm-hmm. nothing, nothing. I can see sixty days, but I can't see six months. Especially if the BBA order to go ahead and do it. Somebody's not wanting to do it or something. I don't know what it is. I, you mind telling <coughs> which regional officer you're dealing with,
3: Winston Fell. Okay. And the thing is, I have a, I, I do have an attorney, mm-hmm. and and. I see where I see on E where they have an mm-hmm. attorney fee claim pop up, and yeah, that's been since money. October first.
0: Right. So he gets what thirty some some of your back pay. Yeah. That's okay, well, man. 20. I mean, twenty. Yeah, you know, he did a good job. Yeah, he he did a good job. He deserves to be paid. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. So, you know, and these guys out here, I mean, they're, they're not working for the looks. You know, they got to make they got to make a living and stuff. Right. No, I got no you problem know. with that. Good deal. It's, but uh, good. that might be what holding up too. They, you know, they they issue his check and they should, they should go ahead and deposit your money in the bank. I mean, I don't see, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't see any other way. You know, give them a give them a buzz tomorrow. so you can't. You know, somebody needs to light a little fire on them and get him moving.
3: Okay. 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 Well, thanks for listening. All right. Oh, yep.
1: Thanks for calling in.
0: Oh. Oh. And did we lose John?
1: I don't know. John is still there? Yeah. Yeah. I think something happened to his phone. I wonder if his battery was dead. I don't know. Well, anyway... We were discussing this uh, ramp, and I sure got my fingers crossed. I, I really hope it works. Uh, it could help a lot of veterans.
0: Let's well, still got a lot of growing pains with it. You know, it's new. So, I mean, I've, yeah. I've got faith yeah, in let's it. Let's see get a chance you know? to work out. And, I'll John, he's on top of
1: yeah, John's on yeah. top of it, so we'll be able to get the uh, updated news, you know, on it because yep. he he has uh, he he's he's been working with it, and and now, uh, hopefully we can stay up to date with it because it'd be
0: wonderful if it does work. He uh, said he got disconnected. Oh, but,
3: well,
0: um. Let's get his contact here for Mr. to close the show. Uh his email address is benefitsagent at Comcast dot net. That's benefitsagent at Comcast dot net. Uh if you guys need a representative for your claim and you need somebody that knows the deal and can actually help you, uh I I wouldn't hesitate to use John Dorley. I mean I'm Oh well, I wouldn't be there. You know, I've been dealing with John for many, many years, and he hasn't let me down yet. So,
1: yeah, John's a good man. He knows the laws, and and uh, yeah. he knows the proper method of working with your claims and stuff. Um, okay. So you're not going to go the, wrong. Check with, uh, his, uh, giving him check a Check his
0: box. Check his box, Bill, on the on the screen and see what see what see what's clicked on him.
1: Uh, it's clicked on. It's showing 651 303 3062 as his phone number. Uh, so I don't know why it dropped him. It shows him still here. There. Well, it's going back and forth. So I don't know what happened. At any rate, I guess we can go ahead and close the show. Uh, John, if you're listening out there, we sure thank you for coming on. And uh, we'll follow up on this ramp program because it's it's important uh, to a lot of a lot of veterans. And let's keep our fingers crossed it works. But I'm still showing him logged in here, John. Let's see what happens here. There now he's out huh. that's really weird.
0: It's time for the Haddit.com Radio Show. Had you're listening to the Haddit.com Radio Show? com is Veterans Helping Veterans. We leave no one behind, not on a jungle trail, not on a desert trail, and not on a paper trail. If you want any information about the VA, log on to www.hadit.com.